0: Praise the Lord. We give glory to God for everything. Amen. Amen. Uh, The ng for c will be worshipping the Lord now and let us prepare ourselves. And while they get ready, I just wanted to share. Two years ago, we spoke on holiness in the church. And then we moved on to faith and now we are into spiritual empowerment of the church. We have come to the third phase and may God give us the grace that we will continue to, to study his word as the whole doctrine and not partly.
1: you with
0: right now. And let us ask God for the Spirit of the Lord. Ask you Lord God for this day, the evidence is there, Lord God, and your spirit is here within us, Master yes, 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 yes. Father. We pray that you will speak to us, give us a hungry heart to hear from you, Lord God. And Lord, we pray that our ground will receive the right seed, Lord God, and it will bear fruit in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we pray. Thank you. Be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, ng for c Give them a big hand. I want to thank Jebba, Sylvia, Brother Holvin, Romeo, Brother Joey, and the youth for their commitment and their hard work. God bless you all. I had a 60-minute message, but you have 30 minutes. So we will see... Whatever God has got in store for you, that will be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, in the month of February, we spoke on the first message on spiritual empowerment of the church. And I spoke about the resurrection Sunday and the Pentecostal Sunday was spoken in February. And then in the month of March, we went on and we spoke. The second message which I spoke was on have you received? the Holy Spirit and on that particular day I called many many of you to come forward but I need to apologize for some reason I didn't ask you how many of you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit so as if you are here and on that day you came forward and you wanted to be prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and if you have received it either on that day or later on can I see your hands please if you had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit on the day that you came forward. How many of you? Yes, God bless you. God bless you, brother, God bless you. Praise God, okay, good. Thank you very much. So we've seen, we studied that it's the supernatural seal of speaking in other tongues. And I believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit is intended to be only a doorway into Christian life. In the past, many Pentecostal churches got together and discussed that it was whether it was a goal or whether it was a gateway. And some Pentecostals came to the conclusion that once I am saved, I am baptized, I have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they thought they had everything, and it was done. But sad to say, they believe that that will take them to heaven. But that's not the end of it. It's just the beginning. It's a starting point of a supernatural life in Christ with the Holy Spirit guiding us. It's a doorway to supernatural experience with the Holy Spirit. In all the 28 chapters of the book of Acts contains supernatural events that the Lord intended to have for us in all the books. Now, Paul discussed that the gift of the Spirit first in these books. Can I have the slide, please? The second is the gifts of the Spirit. First, the gift of the Spirit. Second, he he said the gifts of the Spirit. The third is the grace of the Spirit. And last, he concluded by explaining that the government of the Spirit in public worship. Keeping that in mind today I've titled my message as Speaking, Interpretation of Tongues and Prophecies. I had plans of actually going into an exercise of interpreting for us to uh, uh, have it and to prophesy. But it looks like since it's 30 minutes, it will not be possible. So wherever we stop, as the Lord helps us, we will continue our second session. Paul continues to explain there are three principles so we see the gift of the spirit the gifts of the spirit the grace of the spirit and the government of the spirit in public worship and then he continues to explain the edification of the church the understanding and applying spiritual gifts in the church and the third order in the church these are the three principles next slide please the three principles that he that he gives in in the edification of the church Paul notices that the Corinthian church at this time were building only themselves but neglecting the church. They were more concerned on building themselves. They were getting into tongues and there was a chaos taking place. They, for, they were forgetting 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 21 was forgotten by this church. So Paul had to come in now and tell them that you're neglecting the most important thing They were neglecting prophecy and giving wrong emphasis in tongues. The third, he says, the second one is the edification and applying of spiritual gifts. Paul uses the word understanding. When you go home, try to read it. He uses the word understanding from verse 6 to 25, basically saying it is not only for the preacher to preach the word from the pulpit... But it's also for the congregation to receive what the speaker is speaking. He's trying to say, you as a congregation should be like the fertile soil. That when the word comes forth, you should receive it and bear fruit. That's what he was talking about, understanding. Paul says, the first application, Paul was very, very interested about the unsaved person that comes into the congregation. And if you read 1 Corinthians 14, very carefully when you go home, Paul's concern was the unsaved person that walks into the church. Just like Jesus who said, the shepherd who had one lost sheep left the 99 and ran after that one lost sheep Paul is now emphasizing the church should pay very close attention. When you come together, there will be a lost sheep that comes in. How will this lost sheep be edified? That was the main concern of Paul. You are 99 and you are saved. But there's a lost sheep that has walked in. That There should not be chaos in the church. There should be order in the church. So then he applies that. Paul makes two statements that go together in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And the two statements are found in verse 26. He says, let all things be done into edifying the body of Christ. More than you edifying yourself, which is good. You need to be edified. But there's something more than that. And that is the edification of Of the church. So whenever you and I walk into the church. Our one aim. Is not about me. And it's not about I. But how will I edify somebody else sitting in the congregation. So as a man of God who comes here. His primary duty. Is to edify the body. And not condemn the body. Because if I condemn you. You will run away. But if I edify you. Encourage you. Build you up. Support you. I will not not be knowing where you stand. But when when we as a congregation edify one another, we are building one another. Verse 40, he says, let all things be done decently and in order. No chaos. Corinthian church was going into chaos because all were speaking in tongues, but they were forgetting the most important thing. And he says, listen, you need to... Give breaks. Come here. There should be order in the house of God. And that's the reason verse 40. So it's very important in the church, everything must be done in order. Many churches are misusing the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Many churches are misusing it in a wrong way. They do not know how to use the gifts that are given to them. Now, I want to move on with the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let us quickly turn to 1 Corinthians 12, verses verses 8 to 10. You can just keep that scripture open. We don't need to read it. You will see that there are nine gifts in these two verses. There are nine gifts specified here. And it is common among Bible teachers to divide these nine gifts into three groups these nine gifts are divided into three groups group number one and very important this is not doctrinal this is only for convenience that they have grouped it in such a way we must understand that group number one he says, that they have given us the three gifts of revelation and that is the word of wisdom the word of knowledge and a discerning of spirit and which is needed very much in the church to discern because of lack of discernment. And this part is in the duty of the leaders, the elders, and the pastors of the church to really have a discerning spirit as to what is going on, to know. And that's what is. these are the three areas. The second gift is the gift of power, and that is faith, miracles, and healing. That's the second group and the third group and if you look at all this this is for your good this is for your good the third group the vocal gifts and because they operate now these vocal gifts operate through you and me and most of the time the gifts that cause trouble in the church the most trouble in the church are the vocal gifts the other gifts The gift of healing comes from God. But the vocal gifts are communicated through you and me in the church. And that's the reason there's so much of chaos in the body of Christ because the person who is having as an instrument to communicate these vocal gifts misuses the gifts, number one. And number two, the enemy sows in the wrong person. And suddenly the wrong person comes and gives a different doctrine, different revelation. I will, as time goes... I will talk about the three gifts that the vocal gifts are. Number one, tongues. Number two, interpretation. And number three, prophecy. So today, I would like to focus only on the last three gifts. Tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. The gift of tongues is called kinds of tongues or variety of tongues. That means speaking in other tongues. Amen? I believe that every Christian baptized in the Holy Spirit has the divine gift to communicate with the Lord in another tongue at any time he wants, wherever he is. That's a gift given to every child of God who is baptized in the Holy Spirit. Let us now turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and look at verse 1. We have to go a little slow today so that you will understand, because this one passage or one chapter in the Bible, people have made chaos out of this chapter, and there's so much a division. So we will go slowly and look at verse one. He that, he that speaketh
2: another tongue,
0: in another tongue, he who speaks in another tongue, speaketh
2: not to man.
0: Now, who does he not speaking to? He is not speaking to man. You got that? Yes, brother. And who is he speaking to?
2: But to God.
0: The man who talks in another tongue does not talk to man, but he is now communicating to God. In his spirit, this man, he is now speaking mysteries. He is speaking another tongue and that edifies himself. You got that? The man who speaks in another tongue, speaks mysteries to God... ...and he is now edifying himself. Now, there are three functions... ...when you speak in another tongue. The three functions are... ...number one, you are speaking to God. And it's a privilege that you and I have... ...that we can speak to God. Are you glad that you do that? Amen. That's a privilege that you and I have... ...that we are able to communicate with God, number one. Number two, you are now speaking mysteries. And these secrets... The mind does not understand. You must understand this. The mind does not understand because now you are speaking mysteries to God. And number three, you are edifying and building yourself up. You are edifying and you are building yourself up. When you speak in tongues, you are directly communicating with the Lord. Some might ask a question, Brother Claudie, what's the use of speaking in tongues? if my mind doesn't understand that. It was a natural question. The precise answer to this question is, when you speak in tongues, you are directly communicating with your Father in heaven. Amen? You are speaking mysteries, you are building yourself, and that is more than enough for you. You don't need any other explanation. It's more than enough. There is no other answer to this. Now, the second thing that I want to show you is, another kind of tongues is to speak loud in the church assembly, which has to be followed with interpretation. When I come to church, and whenever I'm talking softly to the Lord, fine, I'm edifying myself and everything, but when the time, when the gear is switched, and when I speak loud in the church, where everyone can hear, that has to be followed with interpretation. Let us turn to Corinthians 14 and look at verse 13. For, for this, this re- yes brother,
2: for this reason, mm-hmm. anyone who speaks in a tongue
0: should pray. One minute brother, anybody who's speaking in tongues, so if you have the gift of speaking in tongues, what does the Bible command you to do? Yes. Should pray
2: that he may interpret what he says.
0: He must pray that he will be able to interpret what he has now spoken in tongues. So it's a command given to you, but we fall short there. We fall short of it. God has commanded us and said, you are praying in the spirit, you pray and ask God. You ask me that you will be able to interpret that. Amen? If you know, now, if you know that you do not have the gift to interpret, please pay very close attention to this. If you know that you don't have the gift of interpretation, You must pray either someone else in the church also has it, but for some reason, they also don't have it. For some reason, the person there does not have this gift of interpreting. Then the Bible says you pray within yourself. You pray softly so that you are communicating with God. Have you noticed sometimes, I've noticed this Moses rhyme because when I stand here, I find Pastor Sean praying in the spirit continuously, even when I ask. Because he is communicating with heaven directly, that everything should go in order softly. So that's the reason. but when you pray loud, that the third or the fourth person hears, there has to follow with interpretation. If it's not there, you God will give you a discerning spirit. If it's not there, then you pray within yourself and say, "God, now I'm communicating with you. Let everything go in order. Let it be in order." So you must understand this. This is a very, very important thing. Now, look at verse 28. But Turn if, your Bibles to verse 28. But
2: if there be no interpreter,
0: uh-huh. let him keep silence in the church. Let him keep silent in the church. And let him speak to himself. Softly. And to God. He is speaking to himself and to God. He Now, that's the reason you notice sometimes you'll find men of God, the pastoral team. You'll find them continuously interceding as the service is going. They are now interceding with in, in towards God and saying, praying for everything. Now in the church, speaking loudly in tongues without interpretation is not a blessing to the church. But prophecy, on the other hand, is a blessing to everybody in the church. That's the reason Paul Paul urges the people: Listen, you rather prophesy. Did you not notice something today? There was a prophecy given. When Pastor Sean was here, if you notice very carefully, every time you see him stand here in coordination or message, even it happens with Pastor Lakin, they prophesy every time. But for some reason, what do we do with that prophecy? We are supposed to take that prophecy, receive it, pray over it, and ask God, there's a prophecy that has been given to me. Help me to understand it. And we are supposed to work on that prophecy. We say it's a good prophecy, we bypass it. Today there was a prophecy given to us. What have you done about it? That's the reason it's very important. When you come to church, come with a book. Don't think that you will remember everything. The moment you go out of the hall, Satan will snatch it away from you. Come with a book. The prophecy comes. Write down the prophecy. The prophecy has to be in line with the word of God. Amen. When you go back home, you look at the prophecy. Number two, it has to be in line with the word of God. Number three, it has to be in line with the man of God who's speaking if he's bearing fruit. If that man is not bearing fruit, take it away, push it away. So you need to know the life of a man. Is he a fruit bearing Christian? This man is, as he's standing under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, receive the word. Write it down. Go home, meditate and say, God, what is it that you spoke to me? How am I going to obey this word today? For some reason, prophecies come always, but we do not catch it. We just brush it away. And we lose great word of God given to us because of, sorry to use this word, ignorance. Ignorance makes us lose all this. Another use of tongue is a sign to unbelievers. Another use of tongue is a sign to unbelievers. This is very, very rare. Please understand me. This is very rare. Most charismatic churches do not think about it. It happens in time when God's people gather together. A believer will speak a language that he does not know. Okay? But the unbeliever gathering there will understand it. I will show you. I will explain it. The day of Pentecost, they spoke. They never understood anything. God wanted to meet the need of the people of Israel because they were stubborn. When they were talking in tongues, actually it was a sign because God was telling them. He was warning them. He was warning them because you are a stiff-necked people. And what do the people of the Jews always wanted? They wanted a sign. So that's the reason God spoke to them in another language, made them understand. He says, you want a sign? I will give you a sign. But, now pay attention. Did, when when they spoke in tongues, did the people get convicted? Whether a change of life? No. Until Peter came and he spoke the message. He came and said, this is what it is. He spoke the message. The message broke through. So sometimes tongues are a sign for unbelievers also. Let me give you one example. You remember last time I told you I had pa- Brother Franklin this side, Brother Georgie on my right. You remember they spoke. He, he was glorifying, praising God. And Brother Franklin never understood a single word of it. He was not even able to say amen to it. Have you understood? He gave glory enough. He was praising God enough. He was praising God in Psalms, hymns. But the other brother within the church, beside him, was not even able to say amen to it. Now, I want to show you one more thing. Do you remember I told you how when when an elderly man spoke in a language in a church, nobody understood, but God gave the grace that an Indian was able to understand it. I explained that last time. Then I gave you the second example where in a church, a, a young girl brought a friend to the church, and while they were sitting, the man of God spoke in another language. Nobody understood But that young girl's friend asked this girl, why is he talking about my past life? And that girl that day gave her life to Christ because somebody spoke in a language that this girl alone understood. So sometimes tongues come, God wants to meet a particular person at their point of need. And that person understands that language. Give you one more example. I will need to stop here. The next one is, one day a lady was going to do a hospital visitation. And suddenly she went to a bed, she spoke, to, she seen an elderly man, she spoke to him in, in her language, and the man never understood a word. He was blankly looking at her. But this lady, being a very uh, stubborn, persistent, Pentecostal lady, suddenly switched to tongues. She never knew what to do. She was not able to meet this man at his point of need, and this man suddenly started talking back to her. They had a conversation for one minute. The man's face brightened, the lady went away. Later on, the lady came to know that that she had spoken in Spanish, in tongues. God wanted to meet the need of this man at that time. She was a stubborn lady, she spoke. So, there are different forms of speaking in tongues. Now, those of you who speak in tongues, I want to ask you a question. I think many of you might be able to answer this. Do you remember speaking angrily in tongues? Yes. Praise God. How many of you, you have spoken angrily in tongues? Two, three, four, praise God. Pastor Sean, I wanted to see your hand. Ah. Do you know when this happens? Is when you do not know to pray and you are now confronting supernatural powers and high places. You switch on and God now gives you the strength to stand against supernatural powers, now you're speaking angry. It's like a storm. And you wonder, why why are you speaking like that? And suddenly you come back. There is a place that you are now in the front line of opposition, fighting against the enemy. That's another form of tongues. So, the last form of tongues, the fifth form of tongues, is when you start to speak, you start to praise and worship God. That's the primary reason. When you begin to pray pray in tongues, The most important is you are worshipping and praising God. Amen. So tongues is a very rich field, a very, very rich field. I would like to stop here to continue because this is only 20 minutes of my message. If God willing and he still keeps me here before the rapture takes place, I will continue with this message. We give all the glory to God. Amen. Amen.
2: God. So how many of you would like to hear the second part of Brother Claudie's message? Great, most of you. Okay, some of you don't. Okay, but most of you. But meanwhile, the Bible tells us that there is something else that you can do till you wait for Brother Claudie to bring up with the next message. And so as we bring the service to a close, let's just turn to 2 Timothy Chapter 3, read very well-known scripture, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You can read the word of God. Go back, read 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, chapter 14. Understand in more detail something that Brother Claudie has just spoken to you this day. This is just the appetizer. It's the soup. Okay, you can wait for the main part or you can attack the word of God and get the main part. It's up to you and me. It's entirely up to you and me because it's all there in the word of God. So let's just stand. Let's thank God for what we have heard now. This is not the end of the story. Okay, and we've got to get it right. Tongues, interpretation, prophecy. We've got to get that right according to the word of God, not according to man's modified doctrines. So pray, first, thank God that God is opening this door for our understanding. Just say, Thank you, God, that today you have opened out this door of understanding. That I want to know more. That I want to know what's this about tongues? What's this about interpretation? What are these gifts of the Holy Spirit? because the bible also tells us in verse 31 of first corinthians chapter 12 it says earnestly desire the best gifts earnestly desire if you and i desire it earnestly god is not going to deny it to any one of us church pray Just pray. Today I've heard one small part. Pray. Thank God right now that here is a God who is so desirous of giving us the best of gifts. We have a God who doesn't want to keep anything to himself. He said, my children, if they can just ask for it, I am going to pour it out upon them. I am going to pour out my Holy Spirit upon them right now. So, if you desire the Holy Spirit right now, pray. Ask God. Talk to God right now. If you want to have that gift of speaking in tongues, talk to God right now. This is not a time for you to be worried about your neighbor. Or what your neighbor is going to think about you. It's you and God. You heard that when you talk in tongues. It is your spirit. Your, your inner being. Which communicates directly with God. You have a direct line. With the King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. You don't need anybody in between. What a great privilege. Just to think that I can talk to the creator of this universe, the one who was here before time began, I can talk to him directly, my spirit with his spirit. Church, take a moment to continue thanking God. Truly, these are last days and we need to know the heart of God. We need to be in tune with God. We can't be thinking about what's happening all around. It's not the world that matters. It is the word that matters. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, this day, Lord, that you have given us this word, Lord Father, on the tongues, the interpretation, and the prophecy. And we know, Lord, that you have much more for us, Lord. We pray, Lord, that each one of us will have the desire to go into your word, to search out your word, to understand these truths that you have for us, Lord Father. And Father God, when the next time comes, Lord Father, I pray, Lord, that you will continue to empower and anoint our dear brother, Lord, that he will bring out more truth, Lord Father, to us, the way that you want want us to have it, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord, that your hand of blessing will be upon our dear brother and his family, Lord, Father. That you will be with them and meet them at their points of need, Lord. You will continue to give him that deep understanding of the word, Lord, so he can bring it across to us, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you love us. Thank you, Father, that you're so mindful of us, Lord, Father. Thank you, Father, that you care for us, Lord Father. And thank you, Father God, that you do not want any one of us to be lost. Father, we give glory to you. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. And we pray, Lord, that your presence shall continue to be with us, guiding us, guarding us, and leading us. Lord, continue to minister unto us, Lord. All glory be yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.